Hey, it's Johnny Jet. Welcome back to my podcast YouTube channel. And today we have Seth Kaberski, who is the author of Universal Orlando 2021. But you're also written, well, this is the unofficial guide, by the way. And you've also written the um, For Walt Disney World unofficial guide, as well as the unofficial guide to Las Vegas and Disneyland too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Get, thanks for name checking all of those. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. So, I mean, so where do you live, by the way? I'm here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, it was winter last week. Today it's summer again. It'll probably fall, be fall tomorrow. Um, so I'm right here in the home of all the theme parks. So I can uh, be here full time for the unofficial guide to Universal Orlando. So how many times have you been to Universal Orlando? I stopped counting a long time ago. I can tell you I'm there in the parks an average of two to three days a week. Wow. So I assume you have the yearly pass or do they give you some oh, special? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, you know, for uh, the unofficial guides, we do not accept anything special, any kind of freebies from the park. We we buy our tickets. I, I pay for the... Uh, top of the line annual pass because I make full use of it. Uh, but we go in uh, just like regular customers. We, we pay ourselves so uh, that the, the parks are not uh, treating us when and we go in. how much is that top of the line pass and what does it do for you? <laughs> well, I just renewed mine uh, for with tax uh, about 500 and. 60 something bucks for the year. Uh, but actually right now they're giving a, an extra three months free. So that works out to 15 months. It's a lot of money, uh, but it's actually significantly cheaper than the equivalent Disney pass. Yeah, and I mean, uh, go one day is like a hundred dollars, <laughs> isn't it? Um, much more than that. If you want a one day, one, uh, one day ticket to see both parks, you want to see both parks because you got to see both Harry Potter sides. Uh, that's going to cost you about one hundred and eighty dollars oh for gosh, one day. A, right now, it's a bargain. Five. Yeah. So, so for under six hundred bucks for the year, um, you know, I get unlimited visits, three hundred sixty-five days a year. I get free parking. I get um, all sorts of discounts at food and hotels, um, even things like a free ticket to their Halloween horror nights uh, when that's happening oh. in the fall. So if if you take advantage of it, uh, the annual passes, even if you get the basic level annual pass, it pays for itself after about four visits. I mean, that's, is that why the parks are always so crowded? Because it's mostly locals? <laughs> well, that's especially what we have right now. Since the parks uh, reopened during the pandemics, we've been seeing uh, upwards of 50% or more of people are just locals who are coming in. And the remainder are people who are driving in, uh, you know, from a few hours away or, you know, taking a, a day trip. Um, we don't have the international tourism actually, uh, obviously right now. And, uh, you know, people traveling across the country is a lot less than it was. So it's the Orlando residents, the Florida residents who are really taking up the slack and they've been giving a lot of great Florida resident discounts to help encourage that. Have they? And so has the park changed drastically <laughs> since uh, last year? Were you before? It, it's a very different experience. And I'll, to be brutally honest, if uh, this is going to be your once in a lifetime only trip to Orlando for the foreseeable future, put it off till 2022 or so. Because, um, really? uh, you know, right now, it's not the 100% experience. You're missing out on a lot of things that people expect from uh, a, 
a Florida theme park, like the parades, like the fireworks, uh, like being able to hug the characters. Um, so, you know, if you want to have those kind of things, you're going to have to wait a little while longer. And but um, average wait times are way down. Um, the the employees seem happier than ever to be at work. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, the parks have really been going all out with special events uh, to try to make it worth the while of the people who are still coming. That's great to hear. And do they do a good job with, you know, people wearing masks? I mean, do you have to wear a mask or I know Florida's uh, kind of on a different level? It, uh, Florida uh, is is very much uh, we're kind of a wild west here, um, but the parks themselves are definitely the safest places that I feel outside of my own home. I definitely feel a lot safer visiting one of the theme parks than I do the local grocery store yeah. because they have put people out in force to enforce the rules uh, on every, almost every corner. You're you're going to see someone with a little sign reminding people to wear masks, uh, you know, gently encouraging people. And if people don't take gent gentle encouragement, they will throw people out of the parks. Um, you know, most private businesses, uh, they just, you know, really don't uh, do anything to force people to do it. But, you know, if, if you're you've paid 180 bucks to get in for the day, you're probably not going to argue. You're going to wear the mask. Yeah. So have, have you seen them throw people out or you just heard about it or? I've seen a few confrontations. I've seen definitely seen stuff going viral on social media. Um, the you know it's the, the it's a very very tiny percentage. Uh, Ninety nine point forty four percent of people are really compliant, and uh, all they need is a, a gentle reminder. The biggest trouble is people are still used to being able to walk around and drinking and eating, and now they they're very serious about if you want to eat that popcorn, you're going to sit down on a bench away from other people and then put your mask back on when you're done. Wow. Uh, and that's a, a culture people aren't used to. People are used to strolling around, sipping on a drink. Right. And uh, so that's that's one thing that requires a little reminder. But, you know, everyone, I think, wants to uh, be able us to be able to have this. Uh, you know, we don't want to be shut down like the California parks are. Uh, the people running the parks, the people working in the parks, the people visiting the parks want them to stay open. So they're doing their best to comply with the rules. That's great to hear. And you know, what? in Europe, a lot of countries, it's it's culturally, it's rude to yeah. walk and eat. And oh, and you'd never do that in an Asian park. Like if you went to uh, Universal Japan, you you wouldn't walk around eating a churro. Right. Uh, so maybe it's just time for Americans to uh, get with that program. I, I, I agree. I mean, um, so how many times you've been to Disneyland? You live in Orlando. So how many times you come out to California? <laughs> Um, I come out several times a year and I usually stay a week or more each time. Uh, plus, the unofficial guide also has other people on staff who uh, are out there at the Disney parks in California um, in order to keep us updated. Uh, obviously, right now, there's nothing happening in Disneyland. Uh, our our 2021 Disneyland book is kind of on hiatus. We did a lot of work on it and then everything kind of went on pause. But as soon as the park's there, announce a reopening date and we're able to get out there and check them out in person, we'll be working on that Disneyland book. And so does your pass for Walt Disney World work for Walt Disneyland? Um, I did at one point have the bi-coastal park uh, pass. Uh, they had a thing called a premier pass, which was valid at uh both Florida and California parks, extremely expensive. <laughs> they, they make you pay for that one. But now there is no Disneyland annual pass program whatsoever. Um, I, am, I am desperately clinging to my last ever Disneyland annual pass as a memento. It's a big cultural change. There's a million people in Southern California who have grown up 
uh, having having a Disneyland annual pass as a rite of passage, a major part of people's social lives. And we're just going to have to wait and see what Disney cooks up uh, to replace that annual pass system. But as someone who only goes a couple times a year or once a year, you're going to be the one to benefit from I, uh, the elimination of the annual pass. Yeah, because for sure. I mean, we went I checked out one of those calendars where they say, you know, Mm-hmm. What were the slow days? I went on the slowest day of the year. And <laughs> the slowest day packed. of the year, it was like uh, um, the slowest day of the year was like super busy day 10 years ago. And a lot of that was because um, especially when they uh, made the annual passes have monthly payments instead of having to buy them all in one big chunk. That really encouraged a lot of people to, you know, invest in that is they're just, you know, they're after work, uh, social life, you know, you get off work at five and you head over to Disneyland nice. and that's, that's not going to be, uh, around at least for quite a while. Um, so do you I'm, think I'm, the parks will be less crowded in the future because of this, or do you think they're going to well, start I, it back up? I, 100% when they reopen, it will be with limited capacity. And I'm sure California will be much stricter about setting capacity limits than Florida has been. Even here in Florida, you're looking at average of 35% of their maximum capacity. Uh, Is it? They're, they're down that low. So yeah. does, can you feel the yeah. difference? I mean, you said the lines are shorter. It's it's um, wait times are shorter, but lines are much longer. Psychologically, the park's often feel more busy because of social distancing is taking a, a queue line that, you know, formerly would have squeezed into a few switchbacks. And now it's snaking all the way outdoors because people are spaced out every six feet. Mm-hmm. So the actual time you're going to wait for a ride is a lot shorter than it would have been if you'd come a year ago. But that line is going to look a lot more intimidating. So what's the most popular ride at Universal Orlando? Is it the Harry Potter? Oh, uh, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure by far right now. It's the new uh, roller coaster that opened last year. Uh, and actually, sorry, we're in 2021 now. So it opened in 2019. <laughs> 20, 20, we just skipping over 2020. Um, so it's been operating for about a, a year and uh, it's still definitely getting the longest lines in the park. When it first opened opening day, I waited seven and a half hours for that one. Um, I'm happy to report that the average wait times now are well under an hour for that. Oh, that's good. And uh, it's definitely worth it because it's one of those uh, combinations of a family friendly dark ride with details detailed animatronics and sets and special effects but it's also a high-speed roller coaster with the most launches of any roller coaster in the world goes backwards it drops in the dark it's got all sorts of surprises and it's one of those rides that people keep coming back to over and over and over again and how many times you've been on that ride (laughs) again i've lost count but uh, i have to get that one in, in at least once a week And so what's the best advice to get on it right when the park opens and just make a beeline to it or. Um, Well, that's what a lot of people tend to do. Uh, Unfortunately, if you are not eligible for early entry, uh, which is offered to people who are staying at their on-site hotels, um, by the time the park opens to the regular guests, it's already got a long line in the morning. So the, best time to hit it is actually right around lunchtime between noon and one. Uh, you know, the people who uh, lined up early have all pretty much burned through it. And a lot of people are lining up to eat. And so every day it seems to have a little drop in its wait time or between noon and one. And then my personal favorite is to get into line about an hour before the park closes because it is just special after dark. Uh, 
riding it in the daytime is great, but riding it after sunset is just amazing. So once you're in line, do they let you go through even if the park closes or? Absolutely. Um, it, on rare occasions, they may close off an attractions queue before the park closes. But normally, you can step into a park, uh, into a, an attraction queue right up to the minute the park closes. And as long as you're through that door, they'll let, they'll let you uh, ride. Many nights, they'll keep the ride running for uh, up to an hour after the official closing just to get through everyone who's in the queue. And so does that advice about, you know, going at lunchtime work for almost every ride or just as not well? at every ride? Um, we actually, you know, in the book, we list uh, the best times to visit each attraction mm -hmm. for a lot of them. For the most part, it's, uh, you know, the earlier, the better. Um, but there are some sort of hidden dips depending on things like water rides uh, have different kind of patterns depending on, you know, uh, people want to ride them during the hottest part of the day. Um, and certain attractions like Hagrid's are much better after dark. Um, so, you know, we have uh, touring plans in the book that sort of chart you the best way to uh, most efficiently experience them all. Gotcha. So, you know, besides buying this book, what is <laughs> yes. your best advice for a first time visitor to Universal Orlando and actually Walt <clears throat> Disneyland and Walt Disney World? Um, the, I mean, the best advice, no matter what theme park you are ever visiting, is to buy your tickets before you show up. Never waste time buying tickets at a turnstile. And always uh, aim to arrive at the park an hour or so before the official opening time. Uh, because, you know, the, the first few minutes that a theme park is open is golden. You can often ride as many attractions in the first uh, half hour or hour as you would in the next three hours. Right. Um, so early bird gets the worm and specifically at Universal, uh, there are amazing perks for staying at their on-site ho hotels. They're well run, they're operated by Lowe's, so they're very high quality. Um, and they include things like uh, uh, free front of the line express passes. So you can skip the lines for uh, most of the attractions if you're staying at one of the top hotels. Uh, if you do the math, it's actually cheaper to stay on site than it is to stay off site and buy one of those passes. Sorry, I had to mute it. My sister started coughing. Um, I lost my train of thought, but it'll come back to me. What's your least favorite ride at any of these parks? I mean, do you, I, I guess you don't do the little kitty ride. Uh, you know, I've got a soft spot for some kitty rides. I love a good, you know, Dumbo or, you know, a little kitty coaster. Um, I'd say the worst attraction operating at any Orlando theme park right now is Fast and the Furious Supercharged. Uh, it is based on the uh, the Vin Diesel movie series, but it is neither fast nor furious. Okay. Um, it's a, a very sad simulator ride um, with uh, computer graphics that look like they came off of a PlayStation. And um, just uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really only val only value is to have a few beers and uh, go and mock it like Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's, so, that's its only value. Are you a roller coaster junkie? I mean, do you love roller coasters? I, I, I love, I'm not the kind of person who counts every credit. Um, I like coasters um, that have, you know, pacing and innovation, but not necessarily are trying to shake my brain uh, gotcha. out of my skull. Um, so I, I love the Hulk. Um, Hagrid's right now is my favorite coaster. Not a big fan of the Hollywood Rib Pride rocket that Universal has because that one shakes you side to side. Um, 
but the VelociCoaster that they're building in Jurassic Park, I think that's going to be a world beater. I think mm-hmm. that's you're going to see that come shoot to the top of a lot of people's top 10 roller coaster lists. And have you been to other theme parks in, in Asia and Europe? Um, I've done Europe and been to like Disneyland in Paris uh, and um, one of my favorite parks in the world, Efteling. Um, fantastic park. Where's that? Uh, uh, Efteling is in the Netherlands okay. and uh, it's older than Disneyland and it is based on a lot of the same Disney fairy tales, but the creepy European version of it, the Grimm's fairy tale version, uh, you know, with all the blood and guts. Uh, <laughs> great park, great rides. Uh, uh, I haven't made out to Asia yet, but, um, you know, that new Super Nintendo world in Osaka and uh, also Shanghai are definitely on my bucket list. And how does Disneyland Paris compare to Disneyland Paris is the most beautiful Disney Disney park with the worst uh, maintenance and upkeep. Um, It does not hold up well in uh, France's uh, hard um, winters and uh, it has not gotten the tender loving care of the other parks over the years. It has some wonderful, unique attractions. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff about it, but, uh, I would say if you are going to Paris, spend more time in the real Paris and less time in the Disney Paris. I love your brutal, honest answer. (laughs) Uh, which, which hotel do you recommend for people at Universal Orlando? Ooh, uh, you know, they've got a wide range of price points. If, uh, money is no object, uh, the Portofino Bay is just gorgeous. It includes all of the perks. Um, has fantastic restaurants, um, and you can even take a boat uh, to the to the parks. Um, if you're on a budget, look into the Cabana Bay. It's um, themed to something I love, which is 60s mid-century modern. Um, so it's very retro. It's even got a lazy river running around the pool, and it's walking distance to the Volcano Bay water park. Couple more questions for you. Favorite month to go and favorite day of the week. <laughs> um, month. It is hard to beat uh, the very end of August or early September. Um, f- schools in Florida go back to school in early August. So um, while uh, you know you might still uh, be out of session if you're from up north or out west. Here in Florida, uh, the local attendance drops way down towards the end of August. And uh, the weather uh, isn't quite cooled off yet, but it's not as bad as July. And they start holding um, Halloween events in the theme parks. And that's my favorite time of the year. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando. If you're into haunted houses, uh, it's, you can't beat it. It's, it's rated over and over again, the top Halloween event in the world. Wow. Um, and for the kids, they've got great Halloween events at SeaWorld and Disney also. And what day of the week is best to go to avoid crowds? Tuesday, Wednesday? You know, there there used to be a good rule of thumb um, that, you know, uh, Sunday, Monday was good based on people's travel patterns. But uh, the pandemic blew all that out of the water. The most important thing to know is Saturday and Sunday are busy, busy, busy right now because it's everyone has the weekend off and is passes um the best days are probably tuesday and wednesday uh but that can vary okay good and how about a place to see a calendar where you know what what days of the week are good do you is there a website uh, yeah 
Our sister website, touringplans.com. Um, we have the most scientific calendar that is in, available on the web. We have been gathering uh, data for decades. Um, and uh, you can uh, get a sample of the calendar online. And you can also, if you've purchased our book, you can get a subscription to our website for a discount. Okay, good. And how much is a subscription, by the way? Um, it is... Uh, for the Universal book, it is less than $10 to subscribe to the website data. For the Disney books, it's less than $20. We like to say it's less than lunch at one of the theme parks. That's good. And it's and for a year. About for a year. Book. Yes. You know, since it's 2021, do you cover COVID in here? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for asking about that. We are actually the first printed guidebook we know of that really focuses on COVID. There's an entire new special chapter right at the front of the book that details all the changes you need to know about. And then throughout the book, we actually have a little COVID cartoon character. He's a cute little guy with a mask, and he highlights all of the tips that you need to know uh, about how COVID has affected Universal Orlando. Great. Well, Seth, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, Thank you so much for letting me talk to your viewers. Uh, this is great. All right. Well, hopefully I'll see you in Orlando, but maybe not on that crazy hill, uh, that crazy <laughs> roller coaster. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, trust me. When that Velocicoaster opens, everyone's going to want to get on that one. I'll, I'll see you in the I'll see you on the Dumbo one, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. Take care. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Bye bye.